Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. I'm here with the wonderful Tony Tartaro uh, with interview number 31 for our Mama project. Thank you so much for coming, Tony. Pleasure, Ellie. <laughs> Could we start with how, when and why you became involved in drama education? Well, I suppose it's, it's got to be in your blood for a start, the love of the theatre stuff. So I wrote and directed my first school show when I was in grade six <laughs> at primary school, and it was called Slippery Sam and the Haunted House. Wow. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be given the sort of freedom by the, 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 the teacher at the time to do that with a whole group of other kids, and so I was pretty bossy and precocious, I suppose, even then. Uh, but, uh, and then I went to high school and... Wait, um, what role did you play? I was the director As and the producer. I didn't play a role. Right. No, no, I had... A, you just ordered people about oh, Absolutely, yes, which became probably the, the pattern <laughs> of my career. Um, so then I went, went into high school and, and we were lucky enough in those days to have uh, a very strong, uh, well, it's what became a very strong theatre program in the school and so that sort of whetted that passion even further and, and, it, and it became part, very much part of why I was going to school. I kept, because that, that was the thing that kept me going. And then we had a fairly adventurous teacher who talked the principal into allowing us to have drama as a subject in fifth form in those days, which was unheard of. Uh, Do you remember what year? Uh, that was, I would have been in fifth form in 1972. <coughs> um, yes, yeah, so people, it's amazing. Lakeside High School, which was in Reservoir, just a government secondary school. Uh, and I went to school with Peter Elliott, who you would have interviewed of and course. you'd know as well. So yes, we were students together. So yes, th so that's probably had a lot to do with setting that. So I knew I wanted to do something in drama, but I also wanted to be a teacher. So the two sort of yeah. coincide. So at the end of what was year 12 in those days, sixth form, I went to, uh, after much kerfuffle, got, into, got a place at State College of Victoria at Melbourne, which was up at the old, what is now part of Melbourne University, which has been subsumed into, into this institute now. Um, so I was trained there as, as a drama teacher from 1974 to 77. Um, ironically, those were the days of studentship, so most stu student teachers um, went in a, 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 as an employee of the department, but um, I didn't get a studentship to do drama. I wanted, I got one to do art and craft, and I went for three days and didn't. I thought, no, this is not for me. So I dropped out of that and got into the institution as a private student. I think I must have been the first one because I didn't know how to handle the <laughs> enrolment process, and I didn't actually get a offer of a place in the institution until after I graduated. So anyway, I did my four years here and um, that's how I came to be a drama teacher. Excellent. <coughs> and can you talk about maybe um, some of the changes that you've witnessed during your time? Oh, as it's massive. Yes. Um, you know, as I said before, there was no such thing as drama in the curriculum back when I was a kid. Um, but somehow you managed to get it into the school curriculum we in 1972. Well, yeah, in our school, yeah, it was, we were a there was a pretty pushy group of kids who, <laughs> who uh, including Yes, absolutely, and we went to the principal and said that we wanted this to happen, and he was very supportive. 
uh, and he, he'd allowed us to get away with all sorts of things. So it wasn't part of our core subject, it was a, an add-on, but still, he gave us time and he gave us a teacher, mm -hmm. uh, which was fabulous. Um, so in, in that, when I first started, it was really essentially an unformed discipline. There was no agreement about the body of knowledge. There was, um, you know, it was, it was almost like a sort of a, a club, I suppose. Um, uh, and now it's a much, very professionalised thing, and that's been fabulous to see, and that's been part of a process of development. Um, prior to the n early 1980s, for example, you didn't even need to have drama qualified qualifications to be appointed a, dra a drama teacher. Anybody who'd done English at university, studied literature, was qualified mm -hmm. to teach drama. Um, and so um, that was certainly one of the things that I was involved in with a whole lot of other people to get that changed. And I think it would have been about 82, 83 when finally there was some recognition that you actually had to know something about drama to teach drama. It wasn't just a, you know, reading plays. Um, so that was really important. Um, there were very low numbers entering the profession. Um, a lot of the people that I trained with and a lot of the people in those days wanted to be actors. And there was no, we didn't have the Victorian College of the Arts, there wasn't WAPA, there wasn't a whole lot of, so th they went into Rusden or Melbourne to train thinking they were going to be actors out of it. A lot of them didn't make it, Some, a few <laughs> did. Um, so, because this, this institution was set up later, so, uh, so that was part of it. So there was a bit of tension always between those of us who wanted to be teachers and those who wanted to be actors, even though, you know, we, we all got on. But and yet we, you knew different very early yeah. on that you wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah clearly. I, and I knew the, the life of it. I mean, I liked to eat, so for a starter, yeah. <laughs> acting was never going to work for me. Uh, no, I, I always knew that that was what I wanted to do. <coughs> and it was a matter of finding the way uh, in to do that. So, um, so that was that. I've talked about that. Um, so, in, uh, in, in as I said, in the seventies, it was a fairly peripheral activity in schools. Very, very few schools had any sort of drama in the seventies, uh, and then it started to sort of develop uh, a bit further. And, and really, the the two pivotal things that I think made the difference were in, and it would have been the, oh, the first half of the nineteen eighties. There was a new government elected and the, the, min the new Minister for Education, Robert Fordham, put out a thing called Ministerial Paper 6, where he listed, uh, amongst other things, the core learning that had to be part of the curriculum, and drama was listed in there for the first time. So Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so finally, after all that, well not for us, but for a lot of people, many years, for me a shorter period of time, uh, there was a recognition that drama actually had to be part of the curriculum. And then f coming out of that was a project called Frameworks, which I had some involvement with, uh, <coughs> where curriculum development uh, was sort of mapped out and there were a number of key areas. One of them was the arts and within the arts was drama and there was a full statement about drama. So suddenly we had the same standing uh, in terms of the official documentation of every other discipline. Mm. Uh, so that, I think, had a, a huge impact. Leap forward. Huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah huge. Um, so that was really important. One of, one of the biggest things that's happened too in terms of within drama, the uh, drama world itself was, was the debate about what we were supposed to be, what it was about. There was a, the big argument between drama as an art form and drama as a, a, a form of personal development and interpersonal development. Mm. Uh, and um, there used to be lots of debates about that. Uh, and the process versus product debate. Um, was another one that went round and round and round. So I think in terms of crystallising that, I think that the, the people like Rod Parnell who did all that work in terms of the original VCE course made a huge step forward in terms of getting that sorted out. Mm. Uh, and and you know, we now have a, a defined 
set of skills and knowledge and a body of knowledge and body of understanding. And that, look, there was a lot of work before that, but it sort of crystallised all those things. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's made a huge difference, I think, in terms of, of being clear about what we're, we, we are teaching. We are teaching an art form. We are not psychologists. Uh, and, uh, and I remember having great fights with all of that. In fact, I actually uh, was a student member of Vardy, which was the precursor to Drama Vic. Um, and I, when I was, a, I think, a second-year teacher, I actually wrote them a letter and resigned from my membership because I got sick of the debate. Oh, wow. And I said, I know what I'm teaching, and it's an art form, and uh, I'm sick of this amateur dabbling, and da-da-da. So I, I withdrew, and of course, I finished up being heavily involved in the organisation <laughs> eventually. But uh, that was part, part of that. So, yeah, having a clear bo body of knowledge, I think, is really important. Uh, one of the sad things, I suppose, that we... It was useful, but of course we lost with some of the resources, like the, the old Drama Resource Centre, which was you know, people might have heard about, but that was a fantastic resource, and they mm. did a lot of the grant grant work too. Um, you know, we used to have regional consultants in drama all over the place, of which I was one at one point. So, there's some of the changes that have mm. occurred. Cool. <laughs> and what about some of the highs and lows of your career? Uh, the highs are probably linked with the lows. So I've sort of linked the, the, those and the most memorable experiences together because they tend to be the same sorts of things. So establishing drum programs at my first two schools, I, I was and which Can we mention still that? going. My first school was Bacchus Marsh High School, which is now Bacchus Marsh College, I think. And my second school doesn't exist anymore. It's Point Jellybrand Girls High School, uh, but it's. It's now part of Williamstown High School, uh -huh. so subsumed, which I later finished up teaching at Was as well. Was that a Kennet era issue? <coughs> uh, a bit later than that. Right. Yeah, a bit later than that. Um, but <laughs> um, blame him anyway. Yeah, that's right, blame <laughs> Jeff. Um, but uh, some of the, f the funny moments, I suppose, I've got a couple of good stories for you. The f my first meeting with my first principal, I got a in those days you, you didn't apply for jobs and go through that process, you just got sent a letter saying you're going to School X. So I got a letter saying I was going to Bacchus Marsh High School and I had a meeting with the, the principal. And the letter said you will be teaching Year 9, 10, 11 English and Year 10 History. I thought, history? I haven't trained. I mean, I was an English and, and drama teacher. I thought I hadn't trained in history. So when I met the principal, I said to him, look, there must be a mistake. I, I'm not a history teacher, I'm a drama teacher. His response was, the only drama we have around here is when people don't do as they're told. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, all right, I'll teach history. Um, Through drama. <laughs> well, I did a bit of that, yes. Um, but uh, I was given uh, sport as a part of my allotment. Year t it was year 10 sport on Thursday afternoon or something. I was teaching sport. I have no sporting interest whatsoever or competitive spirit. And so the sport coordinator said, oh, Tony, we'll do drama with them, do some drama. Well, of course, I had every year 10 troubled kid who didn't want to do sport either in the class. Uh, and they really put me through the ringer initially, but I persevered and persevered and finally won them over. In fact, they were having such a great time that the next time the uh, elective process occurred, the kids were breaking down the door to get in to do drama, which was fabulous. Um, and uh, from there, the principal and the staff agreed that maybe we should have drama in the, in the program. So the next year I was given an allotment and, and you know, the, the, the worst portable out the back and you said, you told, you know, do something with year sevens. So that was part of that. And how long were you there? Uh, only approach? two years. Right. Uh, and, and then I moved uh, into uh, to uh, the other school. Uh, 
where I arrived in a, to my horror, realised that <laughs> I had it, the, the school, it was a girls' school, it was a bit like Centurions, it was feral. Uh, and to my horror, I realised that I had every class in from year seven to ten in the school, one period a week for drama, in a portable with furniture that you had to move and da da da. So I thought, well, well, you know, you just had to sort of suffer. So you, you, you didn't know who they were, you got to, didn't get to know the kids. I mean, and because they were so feral, there was a particular class on a Friday afternoon, last period Friday, <laughs> um, year eight, and you spent most of the lesson trying to get them into the room because they were just wild kids. Um, and one day I remember vividly one of the girls, there was a ringleader, Tanya, I won't say her surname, but Tanya, <laughs> I'll never forget her. She was the ringleader of quite a tr you know, wild group. And I'm, I've got them, finally got them into the room and I'm sitting in a circle on the floor so we can start the lesson. This is about halfway through the class. I'm still trying to get them in the room. <laughs> uh, and then I was standing there saying, come on girls, get in. So Tanya starts, come on sir, oh come on, you know, she's doing, and all the girls are sitting around her clapping their hands in this slow clap and I remember thinking, oh this is great, you know, what am I going to do here? Finally, you know, I'm going, come on Tanya, sit down, sit down, but Tanya now she goes the big grope and throws her hands between my legs. I was 23 at the time, I suppose, <laughs> it attracted a bit more interest in those days. Um, <coughs> well, of course, I was a bit horrified, but at that point... Wait, is this a high or a low? Uh, oh, this was... Uh, this, well, it was a low that I turned into a high, because um, at that point, of course, I was horrified and take your hands off me and threw her at you. But at that point, the, all the other kids went, oh, this has gone too far, and suddenly there was dead silence. So she realised that she'd pushed it, and so I threw her out and got the rest of the kids to work because I was so terrified then. They thought, oh, we better just do as we're told. <laughs> so I blackmailed her because she was the ringleader. I said to her that was assault, and uh, if I spoke to the principal, she'd be, you know, we'd have the police up there or whatever. And I, you know, I overplayed it as much <laughs> as I could because in those days nobody would have thought it was assault, but I worked it. But I said, if you, um, if I have any more trouble with you or, or, or any of the other kids, you know. I'll be having to follow it up, so it's up to you what, what happens next. So, and she was the ringleader, so of course she then suddenly had to come in and be chastised, and we, had, and we finished up having a fabulous class, because <laughs> suddenly they were being come, and every now and then they'd slip a bit, and I'd say to Tanya, Tanya, we have a deal, girls get to work, well, she'd, she'd run them for me, so that was fantastic. So it turned into a high, as it were, and they were a great class. In fact, I remember later in the year, one of, of the parent teacher night, uh, her parents coming to me and saying, I don't know what you do in that class, but keep doing it because that's all she ever talks about. So it was good. So there's some of the things that, that happen. Um, um, so, so could we talk about the most memorable experiences? Or, yeah, or that, that's all, almost that's already moving covered. Moving into that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit of both. Um, I think um, in terms of, of other things, you know, some, there was a comment from parents. I remember doing a a very first performance with some of those kids and one of the senior teachers saying to me, oh, who'd have ever thought you'd get this sort of work out of those kids? Um, and that allowed then me to have the sort of backing to change the way the program worked. You know, there were, there were no resources, there were no facilities, there was nothing. So I had the sort of, the, by achieving some, hit, you know, getting some wins, then you got supported mm. and we were able to, you know, I got a new, a new, uh, an old, another space that I was able to convert into a studio and I got resources for lighting and... And, and, and more than one period of work. And we actually changed the entire 
program. I got myself appointed to the curriculum committee and we went to, <laughs> you know, two periods a week for a semester in the junior school and a full-on elective and at the senior school well, and then a year 11 class and the whole thing. But I remember the principal, that principal, who was a problematic man, saying to me, I wish we'd had drama when I was at school. I might have been much better at managing the people that I have to manage. So he'd picked up that there was some value to be had in, in the, so that was, so he was very supportive as well in the end. <laughs> um, I suppose other highlights, um, as I, my last 12 years I was principal of, of, of a secondary school, Buckley Park College in Essendon, and for me, uh, I went there, there was a very desperately under-resourced and non-event of a drama program. In fact, the drama teacher had disappeared during the term and hadn't, no, there was nothing happening. Did they check under <laughs> the couch? Well, she'd <laughs> scarf it off, I don't know what had happened. I never, never met the lady. Um, but so one of my first tasks, fortuitously was to appoint a new drama teacher, uh, which I did and uh, was lucky enough to have a really fabulous personnel in Sabellico apply for the job and appointed her. And through and with her was able to grow that program substantially to the Sorry, point who where is that? Eleanor Sabellico. Yeah. She's at Ballarat and Clarendon Grammar, I think she's now teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so she was fantastic in and terms what, of what year would this have been? It was uh, ninety I know, it would have been 2000, 2000 okay. 2001 she started. And was she straight <laughs> out of no, college? No, no, she'd been, she'd been, uh, she came from Mount Waverley Secondary College to us. She'd been at the school earlier on, then taken appointment there and then came back. Mm. So that was terrific. Um, so we were able to, with her and then bringing on some other people on board that I'll, I'll mention later, uh, we were able to grow a really strong drama program in the school. Obviously, if you've got the principal on side, it helps. One of the things I realised very early in my teaching career, it was going to be easier to change things from the top than from the bottom, <laughs> and it is. <coughs> uh, so uh, from, from that process, we finished up with a really strong drama program where hundreds of kids took drama, a uh, really strong performance program in the school, and uh, it was just unthinkable that anybody would not run a, a really, you know, we wouldn't have a good program. In fact, there were three, four drama teachers when I finished wow. in the school. Uh, so that was, that was a really important sense of achievement. And as a result of that, one of, you know, one of the things that I'm proudest of was that when I retired, the school, a number of parents put, pulled together and got the school council to establish uh, an award in the performing arts in my name, which gets presented every year. And I get invited back to go and present the Tony Tataro Award for the performing arts, which is, uh, Really it nice. It's nice to think that that work c continues, and and I'm happy to participate because it's my way of making sure that they still have to keep running the performing <laughs> arts because they've got to present a board at the end of the year. That fortunately, my success is very supportive as well. Um, other really interesting things were um, oh, back in the early 80s, um, the late Rob Goldbraith, who was a regional consultant at the time established a, a regional theatre and education trip and he managed to talk our principals into releasing us for an afternoon a week to work on this as a group of people together uh, and we developed a, a, a tie piece to try and literacy of course was a huge issue and it still is but a bigger issue in those days so we developed a tie piece which we toured to the schools to encourage kids to read um, so that was sort of a fun thing to do and we're not talking bow ties here, we're talking about theatre and education. Theatre and education, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I forget that the, the, the language changes. <laughs> so, 
do some of those awesome. things. Awesome. Some of the mentors and collaborat collaborators you mentioned already, Rob yeah. Galbraith and, sure. and Peter Elliott. Yes, um, well, Peter Elliott. Some of the other mentors friends. and collaborators that you've, you've worked with um, or have influenced you. Sure. Um, look, one of the things I did say is because I, I was in the era when I think we were the third or fourth group of gra qualified graduates coming out as drama teachers. So there weren't a lot of people older than me around at the time. So uh, that was an, and of course, uh, that, that, so that was mentors was probably, we were more sort of colleagues who sort of shared problems and, and resources and stuff. Um, but I did do a fabulous and had a great time at my first or second teaching round at Cooler Heights High School with Brett Marnie, who um, I don't know whether he's still in the business, but he was till recently. He was mm -hmm. at Keeler at, um, most recently, I think at Strathmore Secondary College, but he moved to somewhere else for a while, and he was terrific. Uh, John McLeod, uh, who was our sort of academic in the area, was fantastic. Um, and the other day, Roma Burgess and Pam Gaudry were um, great friends and, and colleagues. Uh, Julie Clark, uh, who's just recently retired last year. Uh, Simon Pryor, who was the uh, education officer or executive officer of Vardy prior to, prior to my, mm -hmm. me, my being there in, in those days. He was, he was very influential in helping that professionalise the organisation, I thought. And then I talked about my own drama staff, Eleanor Sabellico was one, Margie Bainbridge. Oh, she's uh, coming in this afternoon. Oh, great. Well, and Nick Peace, who were, you know, I had a fantastic team there. Uh, and they were just such fun to work with. So, Tony, could you tell us a little bit about your favourite professional learning experiences? I mean, in terms of drama th things, um, one, one of the things that may be of interest is that I'll, I'll along with the, some of the other people you've interviewed, no, no doubt, were at the first, very first drama, state drama conference, uh, which I think was about 1980, and it was held at Erskine House in Lawn, uh, and it was a big deal, as you could imagine, getting all the drama teachers together, uh, funded by the Department of Education. Uh, the Director General at the time, Norman Curry, opened it. Uh, I remember him being there, and it was a big deal. Uh, and we had a great time, of course, and we were all young and silly and <laughs> drank too much when once the Director General had gone. But we, you know, people were really excited, and because it helped us, to, we were you know, swapping ideas and resources and, and that sort of stuff. It was really, what am I going to do tomorrow sort of stuff, because we had no other resources, so that was terrific. Um, uh, later on, um, there was a, 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 the department established things called standing committees that were in each of the disciplines that were being taught, that were taught in schools. So there was a thing called the Joint Standing Committee for Drama in Schools. Uh, and what happened to, was teachers were representatives on that, and you got it became it was part of your job. So one afternoon a week, I was on it for a few years. Uh, I actually got seconded into the, I used to come into, into Carlton to the curriculum branch uh, and that was part of my teaching work and we used to develop materials and curriculum and run professional learning activities and, and get involved in the politics of trying to keep our discipline on the forefront of things. So that was a terrific learning experience to do that sort of, and have it, you know, as part of your, your work. Uh, and really, in the, particularly in the early years, meeting with other colleagues and drama teachers and just sharing ideas and and resources and that's always terrific fun as well so that, that was really important cool yeah. and, and what about the secrets of uh, your, to your longevity mm. in, in terms of drama education um, for me being involved in a whole lot of drama activity drama and education activities outside of school was really useful because it was that constantly feeding you and helping you be creative and inventive uh, and so n not only with I within my immediate area but with, with on the broader scale across the, the state and the, and the country um, 
I really, the pleasure of working with kids is uh, probably the reason why we all, we all teach, but that constantly being um, challenged by new, uh, the new ideas that the kids bring, mm. I think, was always reinvigorating uh, and really interesting and fun. Uh, and of course, you know, as somebody who's well past the end of his career, re retired, it's the long. T it's well, I've always had the long-term game view that whatever we were doing would have, you'd see the results years and years later. And it's really interesting to me now to see this past students as mature adults, some of them quite older adults, uh, and what they've what their lives have become, and and knowing that I've played some part in that. Do they do they honour that? that? Do oh, they, yeah, do they know? yeah. I have yeah. some fabulous um, follow-up with with uh, with kids. In fact, one of my earliest students retired, which just shows how old I am. She retired recently, mind you. It was when I was a very young teacher, um, and she she Tanya. Uh, she, no, not Tanya. No, she'd become uh, a primary school principal herself, and it was really interesting that she got in touch with me because through the, that principal's network to say. You know, I really still think about some of the things we did back then. Oh, so that was fantastic. So, you know, there is, you know, on the days when, uh, I'll say this to younger people, on the days when you feel like, what the hell am I doing, there'll be a day when you'll get the positive payback. Hmm. <laughs> Any advice that you pass on to the, the beginning teacher? Apart from that, I'll, look, I'll pass on one little statement that was given to me when I left university and I've, I've passed on to most new teachers is keep calm, don't shout, try not to cry. <laughs> I think I broke all of them but it's, uh, it's a very useful Do strategy. Keep calm, don't shout, try not to cry. That's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and I've used it many times. Pearls of wisdom. Yeah. And the other one is look, just keep developing your professional skills throughout your career and keep somehow engaging in, in the thing that the passion you have for the discipline. I think one of the things I never quite got off the ground was I wanted to try and work out a way where we could um, allow teachers to keep practicing their craft as in the theatre as well, because I think that would enrich their ability to teach. Mm. Um, and you know, if, if my maths teachers, I wanted to try and get, work out a way of helping them to continue their their mathematics study and that sort of stuff. Uh, not not easy to do. Uh, do you have any artefacts that you've saved for your memoirs? Uh, I haven't. No, that's uh, okay. No, I didn't. I, don't, <laughs> I actually threw out a whole lot of stuff about a month ago because I'm never going to use this again and chucked it out. Oh, so, no. So that's, no, I don't have any of those. <laughs> that's okay. Um, your association, you, you mentioned Vardy um, yeah. early, early on. So could you talk a little bit more about sure. your association with Vardy? And yeah. And all, well, so I was a student member. Uh, and then uh, I think it was about 1980 when I was oh, 81 I went on to the committee of, of, the, of that, what was Vardy in those days and I stayed on until about 89 or 90 I think it was. I was a secretary for a couple of years of, of the organisation and then from 85 to 87 I was the executive officer uh, following off, uh, after Simon Pry did uh, and as part of that role I was the editor and publications manager of Mask. Um, and went out, and then after I left that, I was because it was the early days of desktop publishing, and I had a job which had a fabulous computer sitting next to me. So I used to do the layout for Mask, and, oh, wow. and all that sort of stuff on on the computer in the early days when that was first happening. Um, during my time as the I suppose we established a really ongoing program of weekend workshops where teachers used to come and run a workshop for everybody else on my favourite lesson or something that worked really well. So we tried to get that sort of stuff happening. Um, and uh, we were we used to be located in the what was the Drama Resource Centre, which was funded by the department. That got closed, and so we moved 
out of there. And so I was sort of the person who moved us out of being uh, at the back and call of the department. And we, you know, we moved into rented premises, so we sort of became a bit more um, self-sufficient, I suppose, over that time. And really, I suppose it was, and it's been said to me, that during the, during the, the time that Simon was the executive officer and then me following, we, we tried very hard to move from being a club to being a professional organisation. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's really continued on and it's fabulous to see. Um, I was really honoured in 81, no, sorry, 91, I was made a life member of Bardi, which was fabulous, which was a really nice uh, recognition of that, which was fun. I was also, for a period of time, uh, Vice President Projects of Nardi, which was now, which was the predecessor to Drama Australia. Australia. Yeah. Uh, and during that time, I, I worked on um, a brochure, a national brochure, a statement about drama and education and why it was important. Uh, and that was a sort of a bit, a bit, of a bit like running CoAG, you know, trying to get all the states to agree. I'm sure the same probably still <laughs> happens now. Uh, that was one of the activities I was involved in. We, I don't know whether it still exists, but the present, the Joint Council of Subject Associations of Victoria was an organisation that where all the various teacher professional associations came together. And I re obviously represented Vardia on that for a number of years, then was president of that for a while. And so the, it was sort of a bit like raising the, the, the profile of drama anyway, in terms of all the other disciplines. Uh, gave it a bit of credibility. Um, and then in terms of my working life, um, I was a key contact for the arts field of study for the Western region of Melbourne you know, when I was a consultant in, in drama and, and, and the arts generally. Uh, and so I had a, quite a bit to do with uh, helping teachers when VC was first being established and, and what the hell does this mean and how are we going to teach it? Seriously, Tony, an overachiever <laughs> with Max. I was a busy boy. <laughs> I was busy. Um, thank you so much for pleasure. sharing your memories and, uh, and your journey through drama education with us. Um, we, we have greatly enjoyed the experience. Thank you. It's been great fun. Thank great you. Great fun. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>